Max and Lauren Brockmeyer. Uh, they are, you might remember them, they are missionaries and they're working for the Convoy of Hope and they are in Europe, specifically they're in Spain, and they're really called all over different parts of Europe as need is uh, rises for that. Uh, Max, you might remember, interned under me in Worcester. He was an intern with me, and his uh, his wife grew up in our student ministry in Worcester. And uh, so they're out serving the Lord. Uh, did missions trips with both of them to Poland and, and Guatemala and Honduras. They were both on those trips. Uh, or actually, not not Max, it was Lauren before Max came on. And uh, what they're doing is they're based in Spain, and you might be hearing, of course, all the news about Ukraine and all the things happening there, Ukraine and Russia. And Max is kind of on the front line there, but Convoy of Hope has a big storehouse in Poland where they're putting together uh, packets, uh, not only you know, medical supplies, canned goods, um, tents, hygiene things you know, for, for people, um, and they're distributing these things all throughout Ukraine. They're actually going into Ukraine and bringing some of those things to people, as well as handling some of the refugees coming out of Ukraine to Poland and other places. Uh, so Max has been really kind of on the front lines of that and uh, doing great work over there for people who really need it. And we've all been watching the news and we know what's going on over there. They also have some ongoing programs for, uh, for agricultural projects that they're working on. And uh, Lauren said it has been amazing to see God working in all these different areas uh, in and through them. So I want to encourage you in that because whenever you, when you give to missions, and you write in any kind of envelope and say, this goes to missions, these are the kinds of things that it's going to support. It's going to support change lives. It's going to support people in need. And if you watch the news, you've seen all the news. You've seen the things that are going on in Ukraine. And you see all the refugees that are coming over. And so we're literally supporting somebody who's on the front lines of that, uh, helping and supporting people who have convoy of hope. I also want to encourage you, if you, if you haven't given the missions, or if you don't give the missions, to consider giving a little bit more towards missions. Just write it right on the envelope missions. Uh, because there's a few missionaries I'd still like to take on that are following us out, so we'd like to support our birthright here in Falmouth, which is a, a place to, to go if you have a crisis pregnancy. I'd like to start supporting them as well. And there's a few things on the docket of people who are getting support to be, uh, to go and do what God's called them to do. So if uh, you know, if our missions giving increases, then we can do that. We can take on some more. We want to be able to support those that are doing God's work all around the world. So thank you for those of you who are continuing to see that your money is doing great things around the world. It's helping a lot of people. Now this morning we are we're finishing up our series on Mike's Biggest Questions. And I don't know about you, but I find myself more and more comfortable with sweeping generalities. In other words, where certain people are labeled, a whole group of people are labeled one particular thing, or we could say a sweeping stereotype that Maybe vilify those that don't quite agree with you and your opinions. And I feel like the more that I grow in my faith, the less I know. I don't know if anybody else is in that boat, but I feel like the more I grow, the less I know in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, people in situations are far more, far more complex than sometimes we're willing to admit. It's a lot easier to make blanket statements about groups of people than it is to interact face to face. You know, some things you learn over time, that uh, you learn that not all athletes are selfish, and some of them are actually pretty smart. You, you learn that maybe not all Republicans or Democrats who claim to be a Christian are really 
living out the Christian faith. You learn that not all college students are rebels. You learn that not all artists are weird. Word there is all, but we're not going to make the blanket statement on that. Not all questions are answerable. Not all verses are clear. Not all problems are easily solved. Not all deaths can be explained. So much that goes on in our world that we just don't really understand fully. I've attempted in this series to give a solid foundation answer the biggest questions of life. Not with the popular thought patterns of this day, but with God's word. That's where we take our truth from. That's what we choose to live by. And this foundation does not shift because of certain opinions. It doesn't shift because of popular opinions. It doesn't change with every wind of teaching. The foundation that we lay these things on is God's word because we know that that's truth. And we know that in our own hearts, we can sometimes be wrong no matter how strongly we believe something. Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. See, his word will not pass away regardless of what we see happening in our world. His word for us is just as important today as it was then. And even more so, as I believe we're getting closer and closer to the day that Christ returns. Today we will use Psalm 31 to finish this series. Starting in uh, Psalm 31, verses 1 through 4. If you have your Bibles, you can open and read along. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. You may have a Bible app also that you read. That will be on the screens. It says, In you, Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net that they have hidden for me, for you are my refuge. See, last week we learned and we talked about how God is our refuge, the place that we run to when we're in trouble. He is our rock. He is our solid foundation that will not shift with shifting sands or shifting opinions. And it's only when we let go of other things that we've made our refuge, the things that will ultimately fail us, that we find our true purpose, that we see God at work in our lives. Only in God will we have the answers to life's biggest questions. We have come to a place where we now recognize that God is our only refuge. He's our rock, the place that we can stand on. So where do we go with our questions? We don't, when we have answers that we're not sure of, we have questions about who God is, or who he is in us, or questions about his purpose or plan for our lives, or question about what we're dealing with, where do we go? Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, 
leads us into all How do we know what to do? Like the Spirit. The Spirit directs us. We've been seeing how this ancient collection of psalms can speak to today's problems, today's questions that we have. And as we were to bring everything together to see how His Word continues to stand firm and answer our biggest questions and supply our every need. The first question we ask is, what, why am I not happy? Why am I not happy? And can you be truly happy? And if so, how? How do you get happy? How do you make yourself happy? Can you make yourself happy? The entire book of the Psalms in the Bible starts off with the opening word, Blessed is the one. Blessed is the Hebrew word which literally means happy. Happy is the one. And what we determine is that you won't be happy when your happiness depends on your circumstances. You won't be happy when your happiness depends on your circumstances. Why? Because every one of us know throughout our Christian lives that there are ups and there are downs. There are hills and there are valleys. There are times around the mountaintop and there are times where in the death valley below. There are times of being in the desert and times where there's plenty. Seasons change. The good and the bad. Anyone who claims a Christianity that has no bad is a false gospel. That's what Paul says. And then in the same psalm, Psalm chapter, Psalm 1, and verse 3, it says, The person who meditates on the, the law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. So is your happiness dependent on your happiness? You need something deeper that goes beyond the circumstances that you're facing. Something deeper that can endure both the, the spring and the winter seasons of life. Something that goes down deeper that's going to last no matter what happens. You need something deeper. You see, because we can't have joy when everything is going well. That's easy, right? That's the easy part. We can all be joyful when everything seems to be falling in line. And when we're in the season of going well, yeah, we're going to be joyful. We're going to be happy. I'm happy. those things deeper. See, for the Christian, seasons of drought can actually force our roots to go deeper. We continue to see. continue to read His Word. In those seasons where Christ is all you have, you discover He is all you have. You will not be happy you have no contentment inside of yourself. Happy person is like a tree with deep roots anchoring. And without roots, that tree is a tumbleweed. And we moved here from Arizona, and we, we go down 10 and the speed limit on Route 10 is 75 every minute. Like how, how fast do you think you can run on Route 10 to the south in Arizona? 
are moments when it's humbling to go across that freeway as cars are flying by it's scary. That thing's just blowing in the wind. Wherever the wind takes it, it's going. And you see, when we're not anchored to something outside of ourselves, we're blowing with the wind. And yes, it can be destructive. It can be destructive to our faith. There can be a time where at one point where we're blowing in the wind and we're here, but then the next point we're blowing away and running. If you have a life that has no anchor outside itself, the Bible calls it chaff. It's just something that blows away. There's no real permanence there. It's carried by the wind, wherever the wind goes. So I think about pain and suffering, the ups and downs of life. The closest believers ever come to hell is pain, is pain and suffering on this side of heaven. So if you're a believer, the only hell you're experiencing is probably right now. The ups and downs of the realities. And the closest unbelievers come to heaven is the pleasures that they can experience there, the pleasures that they have. But we all know what those are. No eternal value. Do you want to be happy? Question. And how do you be happy? You devote yourself to the Word of God, you devote yourself to the people of God. Because true happiness is anchored to something that will last in every storm. When the storms come, who are the people that matter? When the storms come, where do you go for your instruction? When the storms come, storm and rebel. The people, his word, prayer, we can be anchors that help us through it, no matter what we may face in our lives. See, our hope is found ultimately in Jesus Christ. It's not found in its circumstances. It's not found in yourself. It's not found in someone else. A lot of people say, well, just the finders just in yourself. gather together to hear God's word. We gather together to sing God's word. We gather together to pray for one another. We gather together to encourage one another. And we gather together to live out God's word together. These are anchors that God has given us so that when the storms come, we're anchored to something that is going to stay. Why are you not happy? Because you're letting your circumstances determine your happiness. And you have no anchor point outside of yourself. These seasons of life, the seasons of trial, the seasons of winter should make your roots grow deeper. But you have to be anchored into something when that storm comes. And you've been anchored in Christ, in His Word, in His Church, if you want to survive the storm of life. The second thing we talk about is, is there something wrong with me? And if so, what keeps me from being happy? Is there something wrong with me? It's a question many people may ask, because when things begin going wrong, a lot of times we think, well, maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's something I've done. Psalm 32, 1 through 2 says, Blessed or happy is the 
one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed or happy is the one whose sin is that the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. See, there is something wrong with you and with me, but it's not what you think. It's not that you're, you're bad or evil or you can never do anything right. Those aren't, that's not what's, what's bad about you. That's not, what, that's not what is wrong with you. You're not unlovable. But what we're seeing is that God is connecting and David is connecting happiness with wickedness. What is that? something wrong with us. We can just agree to that. I have this in my notes before. Before you can clean up what is torn up, you have to come face to face with what is missing. To find happiness, you must be honest about your sin and own it. There's anyone that cannot see in here. It's in there. <laughs> but the reality of your sin sin, you have to understand. Because God's forgiveness begins where blame shifting ends. It's not, it's not blame shifting ends. And to find happiness, you must learn to hate your sin and not just the consequences and change your record. Confess just means simply, I, I see things from God's perspective, not my own. And I want to turn and I want to change. So you have sin, you hate sin, you turn away from it, you allow God to then change you. See, when the enemy tries to remind you of your debt, he tries to remind you of your sin, he tries to remind you of your past, Jesus cries out in a louder voice that he has paid the price. The price has been paid. It's been paid in full. You don't have to listen to the voice of the enemy telling you that you're not good enough, telling you, reminding you of the things you've done in your past, or the things you did today, or the things you're going to do. The enemy will Christ says all the louder that he has no more claim on us. The enemy has no claim on our lives. Why? Because our sin, our will, has come to you as like anger. You see, the feelings of guilt, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and there's things in our lives that we're struggling with. The feelings of guilt are not to pay you back. It's not to beat you up. want to be happy, happiness is found in personal forgiveness. Is something wrong with you and me? Yes. Your sin. I said, this is what separates us from God. But you see, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Not to condemn like Satan does. Not to remind us of all the things we've done in the past. But to bring it to the surface so that we can heal. So that we can experience his healing, his forgiveness, his this is what brings true happiness, being forgiven and free from guilt and shame. Now, when we sing songs that have that word freedom in it, 
We're free from guilt and shame that we once had to do. And the guilt and shame has been carried around on our shoulders. And because of that, that's why a lot of people get a little bit happy when we talk about freedom. Because they've experienced what it feels like to have that weight lifted from their shoulders. And now experiencing Christ's goodness and his grace in their lives. And then we've talked about, will life ever get better? How is life going to turn out? We talked about Psalm 88, where in Psalm 88, the psalmist was complaining, he was frustrated with God, at everything they were seeing. And at the end of that, that psalm, it never changed. Nothing got better. Everything just stayed the same, and it was just like the end, right? He was feeling forsaken. And then it just ends. There's no happy ending. There's no, and then God did this. Psalm 88 just ends just like that. A negative note. And if we're honest, we feel like that sometimes. We feel like everything is going wrong. There's nothing that's going right. And we feel like Psalm 88 in our lives because it just seems like there's so much frustration building up. And we continue to live there. We may wonder if things will ever get better. There may seem to be no end in sight. And I believe that Psalm 88 was included in the Psalms to show us that sometimes it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to voice your frustration because God can handle it. You're not going to surprise him with any of your frustrations. He already knows. But it realistically represents our ups and downs of life. Because there are ups and there are downs. How many of you can say amen to that? You know that. There are ups and downs of living the Christian life. And it's not all ups and it's by the grace of God, not all downs. Right? But then we turn to Psalm 89. And 89 begins to praise God for the things that he's done, to give glory to God. There even seems to be a sense of purpose in all that he's been going through. And I think there's some moments where we just need to almost turn the page from Psalm 88 and the frustration and turn it to the next page of the Psalms and get to Psalm 89 where we can begin to praise and think about all that God has done for us. See, because God's steadfast love overcomes everything in your life. No matter what you're facing or going through, God's steadfast love is always there. Nothing falls outside of God's control. His steadfast love and faithfulness are working for the good purposes of his people. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you're his people. You're included in that. We know that God's steadfast love is not always visible to us. Right? We sing the song that where we, where we say, even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Why? Because I believe strongly that no matter what we see or don't see, that God is continuing to work things out in the background for our good. Sometimes we can't see the evidence of that. There are moments when we say, how long, Lord? How long, Lord? Must I continue to go through the things that I'm going through? Will it ever change? Sometimes you may not see the change in this life. And if, you're, if, if your faith depends on seeing the resolution in this life, you'll never get there. The third thing is God's steadfast love shapes us. It shapes the power of conclusion of his plan. So God has a plan for so why did God put Psalm 88 and Psalm 89 back to back as we read again? Because it represents our ups and downs in life. 
the story of God, what he is doing. Tell us you would pray Psalm 80 over your person. You would preach Psalm 80 over your person. Two statements I want you to learn from this out of a series of I choose not to fear. God is in I choose not to doubt. God is in control. I choose not to despair. God can work everything out in your life for your good. You may not always see it. But remember, God is with you. And you will face what you will face. No matter the battle, no matter the struggle, no matter the tension, no matter the anxiety, you will just pause on those things that God is with you. Because God is with you, God is in control, God is with you. And last week we talked about does my life Should I be doing in school? Maybe it's a high school that's coming up in college. What's my next step? What do I need to be doing? But I think every one of us needs to be continually reevaluating what's God's purpose for me now. I know what my purpose was yesterday. I know what it was a year from now. I can see how God used that. But right now, what's my purpose today? When you understand God's purpose, you can begin to uh, deal with all kinds of things. Sometimes when you decide that you're going to be a pastor, you have a target on your back. Is the enemy would love to take you down. And everybody that you know will too. You know, it may be inconvenient sometimes. Sometimes it's Psalm 57.132 says, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge. Till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God the Most High. To God who fulfills his purpose for me. To God who fulfills his purpose for you. See, in spite of all that David was going through, he does not ask God to change the situation. In fact, he says, Lord, let your glory be shown throughout the earth. See, God does have a purpose for you and he has a purpose for me. But it's not about us. It's not about our glory. You and I exist for God's glory, for his purposes. The reason this is so hard for us is because we come to a place where we all 
made the issue with the center. Okay, well, we put ourselves at the center of everything. Then we might wake up and realize we're the only parts that there is. But I question if there's something that God's turning into that's more than just about me. But what God points to, what is the weakness? It changes his dynamics. God is more interested in our character, informing that, developing that the things that we go through than just our comfort. He is more interested in making you holy than happy. And David's refuge was in God's steadfastness. He ran into the refuge, the place where he could find God's purpose, where he knew that God's purpose was there for him. God's purpose in all of this was to teach David to make him his refuge and not have other things. And sometimes he takes away the things that we consider our refuge. So God has a purpose for you, and it's about what he's doing in you. God is more interested in your character than your comfort. And once you get that, some of what God is doing in your life might make some sense. And then lastly, God has a purpose for you, and if you are surrendered to it, he will fulfill that purpose. He will complete his purpose in your life. We read right in Romans 8, 28 and 29 last week, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. See, God's purpose in you is to make you like Jesus, to conform to the image of his Son. And according to Philippians 1.6, we see Paul is confident that he's going to finish the work in us when he says that he who has begun a good work in version will say, you'll see it through to completion. God has a purpose for you that is not about you, it's about his work. God has a purpose for you that's about what God is doing in you, the change that he's doing in you, not your comfort, but your character. And God has a purpose for you that you surrender to. He will see it through to completion if you are with him. This morning, bring it as all to a says that what benefit is it that you gain the whole world and yet lose your soul? Yes, you can gain happiness, joy that doesn't make sense to the ups and downs of life. Yes, there is something wrong with you. It's that thing called sin that keeps getting in the way. And you keep between us and God. Yes, life will get better as you cry out honestly before God and praise Him, like Psalm 89. Gives a new perspective on life. And yes, your life does have purpose to bring glory to God in everything you do, whatever you choose to do. And you know what? Has to be a ministry. Because we are all in ministry, whatever we do. All of these things. Jesus Christ gives joy, he forgives you of your sin, gives you a new start. 
and give you a better life both in the present and in the future. I raise you again to the Lord. Pray with your head bowed, mind raised, eyes closed. If you're watching online, I pray that you have never given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you have, but you know that you wandered. You've been there somewhere. You've gone all over the place. Let's tell you that you You've gone back to his church, his people, his word, and relationship with him. It begins with a recognition that you are a sinner just like I am. Forgiveness is a free gift. It's something that you can put to the end of your life. I pray for someone. If you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you'd like to return, you'd like to bring your heart back, your life back, I'm going to ask you to say a simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, please forgive my sins and make me new. Help me find my Watching online or if you're here today, I want to encourage you to be a part of our services at 10 a.m. in the mornings. You can only join us online on those days. We'd love to meet you face to face here in this place. As the congregation this morning stand as we close, I pray a blessing over you based on all the series that we've gone over the past three weeks and all the things that we've learned. May you find happiness in Christ. May you be abused and angered in Christ, in his word, and in his church. May you live in forgiveness, free of guilt and shame. May the Holy Spirit reveal to you sin in your life, not to condemn, but to heal. May you trust God when you do not see or understand his plan. May you find true purpose in May the work that God has started in us be complete. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Next week, we start a new series called Shake. Thou shalt cut the series name. It's called Cannon's Plane.